0: That's the funny thing about doing this in your own church. It's uh, it's different. I certainly don't need an introduction because I know you. Uh, I Diane reminded me of <clears throat> Gideon sat up here one day and he was by the door between Sunday school and church and the lady was walking out the side door and he said, "Oh, you're not staying for church?" And <clears throat> she said, "No, we got a Gideon speaker today." <laughs> so I'm glad I got the deacons to lock the doors. Y'all are here, <laughs> so I. And I'm going to enjoy being with you and, and sharing some scripture and sharing, really. Am I, I, I'm here as a Gideon, but I'm not really here, not really to promote the Gideons. I'm really here to talk about God and His Word and how His His calling, uh, how that involves the Gideons, and, and why we even do this, right? So the scripture read today is. Luke chapter 16. If you want to turn in your Bibles, I don't know what page that's on. so oh, I got some water up here. Um, Luke chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 19. And this is a passage you're all familiar with, but I want you to see something at the end that maybe you hadn't noticed so much before. All right. Starting in verse 19. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may come and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg ye, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he might warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is God's word. Wow. So poor old rich guy one of his brothers warned and said, you just send old, send old Lazarus back and, and warn him and say, uh-uh, even if somebody rises from the dead and tells them, they're still not going to believe. Hmm, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Well, <laughs> there's a little boy in Nigeria, 12 years old, and his name was Abu Dalla. And he was born into a Muslim family there. And he's walking down the road one day and a Nigerian Christian woman gave little 12-year-old Abu a New Testament like this. New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. So he had it. He, he took it, but he said, huh? no, I can't take that. I was raised, that's an, that's an evil book. I was taught that that is it's a crime to have that. I can't take that. She said, no, you better take it. He wondered what was so evil about it, and curiosity got him, and he eventually took the book. And she urged him, she said, if you read this book, you'll find eternal life. And he, he didn't know much about it, really anything about it, but he took it and he read it. So he's 12 years old, he, he has to hide it from his parents, because it's a crime to have that. And about four years later, he's in high school, And he's coming home from high school one day, and his dad is out in the front yard, and he's holding the Bible up like this, waiting for him to come home. So he comes home, and his daddy's patting his foot, and he says, what is this? And Abu said, it's a Bible. He said, why do you keep this evil forbidden book? And I love his answers. You know, this is a kid, you think about how he replies to his dad. This is a kid didn't go to Bible school. He didn't have a Christian friend. He didn't grow up in a Christian family. He didn't, the only, the only connection he had to Jesus Christ, he read in God's word that was given to him. You know, I brought up two kids in this church, and if they were that age and they gave answers like this, I'd be going, yeah, do it, tell it. That's what I like. And this kid, he, he had it now. He you know, realized he'd been reading this thing every night, and it's not that big. So he read it a lot of times. Anyway, he met Jesus. <laughs> so they ask him, why do you keep this evil, this evil forbidden book? And he says, it's the word of God, and it shows the way to heaven. And so his dad says, well, you've got to reject this book and burn it right here in this fire, or we're going to beat you until you repent. <laughs> and he says, I can't turn back from the Lord Jesus Christ because I believe he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can go to heaven except through him. Pretty good answer, huh? But all your life we've taught you to believe in Allah and Muhammad as prophet. Don't you believe in Allah? And he answered, I believe in the Lord Jesus and no one else. Boom, so his dad doesn't know what to do. The uncles are all there. The family's there. What do we do with this kid? So they tie him up in the front yard between two trees, and they go to, to get some switches um, <laughs> from a mango tree. I don't know what a mango tree is hardly, but uh, <clears throat> evidently the limbs are pretty, pretty thick like a, like a hardwood tree, and so they're going to beat him until he repents. So the older brother, the older uncle says, no, let's let's go inside and talk about this. So they go inside, spend about 30 minutes in there. What are we going to do with this kid? And he's still out there in the front yard, (laughs) strung up. So anyway, they come back out, and the father says, they've decided, okay, we're going to cut you down. He said, but I no longer have a son, but you can go. So they cut him down, and he goes to a neighbor, he's got his Bible and he's got the clothes on his back and he leaves and he goes to a neighboring town. (laughs) Matthew 10 37 says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And aren't you glad he didn't have to make that choice? Boy, he had to make a choice and he chose Jesus and he walked away. So he goes to the neighboring town and uh, there's a Not many churches in Nigeria, but he found one, and the pastor took him in. And talking to him, he saw, boy, this faith in this kid is real. And so, like Parker taking in the Brock children, this pastor took in Abu, and he lived with them. And he eventually, I'll try to make the long story short, he eventually went to seminary. And in the seminary, one of his assignments was to go to Liberia with this one other kid for evangelism so they went to Liberia for a summer and he and this other kid are sharing Christ with people in Liberia and people are getting saved and coming to Christ and he plants a church and by the time he leaves there are 200 people in that church in Liberia. One Bible given to a 12 year old Muslim boy and Few years later, you've got a church with 200 believers in it. Pretty awesome. So God can, you know, think what you're doing is not important. You don't ever know. Well, most of the most of the Bibles, 99% of them that we give out or that wind up somewhere, uh, we have no idea what happens to them, who reads them, what what the results are. But we know some, and some come back and tell us and give you stories and say. Well, this is what happened. You know, there was one where a little boy in a in a junkyard it was living in a dump and he found one rummaging through looking for food. And he found a Bible. Now somebody threw somebody gave it to him and they threw it away. But God wasn't through with his his word, and the little boy found it and got saved. Uh, so it's pretty unbelievable. You know, the Glory was asking for a um uh, asking for a sermon title and i don't know uh so i thought about it for a minute and i said well uh we'll we'll call this a different a different kind of missionary and so i thought i'd talk about that just for a second why is the gideons how are they a different kind of missionary um and this is a mission church. I mean, we just got through with a mission conference. We know what missions are all about. We know missionaries, right? We don't, they're just not some, some, something that's the south there. We know them because they come here. They live in our homes. They talk to us. So this is a mission church. You know, when we give, when we support missionaries, it, it pays for their housing, their food, sometimes their education, um, And that's where our mission dollars go so that they can do missions. Um, This is a different kind of missionary. Gideons are because the money that I'm going to get from you today doesn't do any of that. It doesn't pay for any Gideons anywhere. All it does is buy Bibles. Because you've got 280,000 Gideons scattered all over this world that are giving out Bibles if they can get a Bible to give out. And they don't have to be trained to do anything because they grow, they're born and raised and live there. They don't have to learn the customs. They don't have to learn the language. They don't need you to give them money for food. They got a job. Um, this ministry is just different. It's, the distribution is, is out there. There are 200 and 200 countries that Gideons are in. There's 280,000 Gideons. We give this out in 107 different languages. So it's a pretty big you know, a pretty big ministry, um, about two Bibles a second get distributed through this ministry. So it's pretty awesome. COVID might've knocked that down a little bit. So this is a pre-COVID number and we got stymied <laughs> a little bit with COVID, um, cause we couldn't get in churches quite as easily. Um, but now things are opening back up and we, we can get in churches much easier. Um, but since the thing started, we've given out over two billion Bibles. And really, um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. There is no faith apart from knowing what you believe in. And you don't get that anywhere but God's word. Um, sometimes Gideons will load up and go help another country. And there was a distribution in, in Malawi, Africa, M-A-L-A-W-I, Malawi, Africa, and The Gideons loaded up crates and crates and crates of these little testaments to give kids, and they were going into a school district that had five schools in it and do a distribution. They were there for about a week, so each day they would go to a different school and do a distribution. And the distributions in some of these other countries are really neat. Like here in America, we're starting to get shut down in giving out Bibles in schools. There, they love it. You can, don't want to give them a Bible. They want you to talk to them about Jesus. You can set up and have Sunday school with them. But they love it. So anyway, they went into four of the five school district schools, and gave the Bibles out and had Sunday school and were well received. But the fifth one, they were, the Gideons were running out of time. The fifth one was remote. They couldn't get there before they had to leave. So they called the school and said, man, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't get there to give out your kids your Bibles. Oh, we got to have Bibles? It was the response. They said, well, we got to leave the day after tomorrow. We just don't have time. And they said, well, we'll meet you at the district office tomorrow. So they said, okay, that'll work. And so the next day, 9 o'clock, were, all the Gideons were there with their Bibles, no kids. 9.15, no kids. 9.30, here come the kids, start walking in and it took about 15 minutes for them all to get in. They were dog-tired, so they gave them something to eat, um, and they gave out 874 Bibles to kids that were 13 years and younger They had left the house that morning at 3 o'clock and started walking. And By the time they got home that evening, they would have walked 41 miles to get a Bible. So... You know, job here is pretty easy giving out Bibles. In some of these other countries, they put them in a wheelbarrow and go down a dirt road and give them. And it's a challenge. But if they've got a Bible to give, they'll, they'll get them to them somehow or another. So that's the challenge, you know, for y'all and for, for me <laughs> and for all of us because we're just an arm. You know, somebody would say, well, what denomination are Gideons? Well, we're not a denomination. we Baptists and Presbyterians and Methodists and all kinds of different evangelical Christians is all that want to see God's Word. And, and we believe that God's Word will will do what it says it will do. Um, and it did in Abu's life, and it, it did. You can see these kids wanting it um, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do it because I've got a few minutes. And <laughs> If you'll flip over to a couple of chapters in Luke, go over to Luke 24. I'm going to read, paraphrase this, this next little bit of scripture just to uh, reemphasize. Now, you've got to go back and remember the previous one, Lazarus and the rich man, right? And Lazarus said, Go tell my brothers. And he said, No, even if somebody rises from the dead, they won't believe them, right? So, so that's what we're talking about. A few days later, on picking up on verse 13, it says, That very day, now that very day is resurrection day. Okay, in this verse. That very day, two of the disciples leave and go to Emmaus. Verse 15, they were talking and discussing together, uh, Jesus himself, as they were talking and discussing things, Jesus drew near them and went with them. Now, Jesus had just risen. He's gone with these guys. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they looked at him and said, what are you talking about? You don't know what's going on. This guy, this guy just got... I mean, we thought he was our king, and they crucified him, and all this is going on. We don't. Oh, we're so confused because Jesus says what things, and so they talk to him about it. Um, Jesus going down at the bottom, verse twenty-five says, "Foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken." Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses. And all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him and they said, did not our hearts, in verse 32, did not our hearts burn within us while, we talked, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Somebody did come back from the dead. They didn't recognize him. But when he opened the scriptures and talked to them from the law and the prophets, their eyes were opened. And that's what we're doing, the law and the prophets. If we get the law and the prophets where people can know Jesus, they can be saved. And so we partner with you to do that. So let me close with prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you that it is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And we thank you, Father, that we live in a time where we do have the whole Bible, as Baxter said earlier, and we can read the Law and the Prophets. We can read the Gospels. We we get the whole picture. But Lord, we know everything that was written was written about you. So thank you, Father, uh, for that. Um, Bless our time as we leave this day. Uh, In Christ's name we pray. Amen.